We all need to laugh. We choose truth over facts. And now for a perpetual political protest in progress. Judge my physical mental fit, my physical as well as my mental fitness. Coffee time. Chiquita banana, and I've come to say, bananas have to ripen in a certain way, and when right. flecked with brown and hammer, golden hue, bananas taste the best in other, best for you. Oh, that is just not so PC. You can put them in a pile, any way you want to eat them. It's impossible oh, to beat I left them. my bongos at home. Oh, gosh. The very, very is there a reason why we're listening to banana songs? Today I woke up and I decided that I I think I'm going to self-identify from now on as a as a not just any banana. Well, I think you should get up every morning. We all should get up every morning and decide what we are. Yes. Well, yes what? I, no, I mean like. Well, today, today I am a Chiquita banana. But but so. every day, every day, and we should have our list of pronouns and. That's right. Um, um, right. And I'm not just a singular banana. I'm a. A bunch. I'm a bunch. You're a bunch of bananas today. I, I'm, a, okay. I, I'm totally bananas yeah, yeah. today. Well. So. <laughs> Welcome to the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon brought to you by Ammo Can Coffee. And uh, I'm Jason Floyd, your host, and joining me today once again is Loretta Eaton. Have you eaten any bananas lately, Loretta? No. Okay. I, no. Yeah. Well, thank no. you. That would be unkind. <laughs> unkind. It would be unkind to my kind. So. Uh, well, at also, least we're very diverse now. Also this joining here. her, joining us from her studio, uh, phoning in is my sister, <laughs> Katie Beck. Hello, hello from the land of Seattle. <laughs> Again, what, I am so weather, sorry. What's the weather like in Seattle these days? <laughs> um, overcast, gray, and a little rainy every day. What always. are the What are the odds? Right. It's always like that. Yes. I like it, though. You get used to it. Where, the, where the odds are good and the goods are odd. odd. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be said about Alaskan men. Yes. Oh, really? But I think, yeah. oh, okay. I think that more appropriately fits the uh, Pacific Northwest now. So, Loretta, <laughs> we're talking today about self-identification. Let's talk about blood quantums. Oh. I'm not quite sure what quantum of banana I have, <laughs> um, but... If you talk to my children, they'll tell you I'm I'm totally bananas. Well, according so. to Elizabeth Warren, you only need to be one one thousand and twenty fourth <laughs> of anything to identify as that. So as long as you're one one thousand and twenty fourth banana. Well, you know, at one, you, no, th- hey, that's appropriate. At one time, when I was a social worker, I was working with tribes, and I actually worked <laughs> for a tribe, and and so that would send me on, you know, I'd go on these conferences around the country and and uh, attend meetings in Juneau and go down to Portland to the Indian Child Welfare uh, Association's headquarters for training and and assistance as we developed our tribal systems for supporting families in need. 
And frequently I would be asked this question by my Native American and Alaska Native colleagues. Are you Native? Like in a little quiet voice? I mean, are, they'd pull you off to the side? Are, is, are, it, is it? Yeah. It, seriously, it was. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you Native? And, and typically, yeah. um, do, you see that, do you see that beauty mark on my arm okay, right there? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I would show them that beauty mark on my arm. And I would say, I'm pretty sure that's Cherokee. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I, if family tradition, oral oral tradition is right, so, so my, my father is a sixteenth Sioux, and my mother is a sixteenth Cherokee. So, so that makes you that's that makes you one sixteenth because right. you've got half of one sixteenth yeah. and so half I, of one sixteenth. So I have enough blood quantum. Enough. Yeah. For the but, lower, for, for some tribes but, but, in the lower 48. But, but yeah. see, back in the day, yeah. the family did not want to self-identify as, as native, native because it was it was not politically advantageous mm. or socially advantageous well, to, now, be, oh. to be native. Oh. Um, but it, we were just talking about your stack of stuff, and uh, and that may not not be quite such a big deal, I guess. Well, you know. I love bureaucrats, and I'm going to go on bureaucrats for the next year because I think they've destroyed everything. You, you know, you give a bureaucrat a policy or an idea, and they run with it, and they make all these ideas and produce pamphlets and decisions and suggestions and then set up other organizations and whatever to make decisions. And this blood quantum idea is a truly a bureaucratic idea in which in order to be something, it doesn't matter. What this, and this is Sea Alaska. In uh, Sea Alaska, decided when they started their native corporation, you had to have one quarter native blood. And I read about this for over 25 years. And when I first read about it, I thought, well, this is going to be great. Go 40, 50 years down the road. And there's be, there's and, no and natives. It, well, there's no natives because either, you're either dictating to your son or daughter, you have to marry someone who has a proportionate blood quantum in order to keep your status. And, and, or, and, and, when, and when Klaus told Hitler about this idea, he said, Wow. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> we're but, playing with the soundboard yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I see why these bureaucrats said, well, you need to have some identifying factor because we've got, and uh, it goes directly back to all the benefits that they're going to get. Right. And that's why they allied it with that. Well, right. now all of a sudden they're starting to see the quarter percentage die out and they're saying, oh, we need to open up to our, our grandchildren and, and other people that have married in. But let's fast forward 20 years. And that they're going to revisit this because actually anyone could be eligible at that point because well, you, they're going to say know, the, the, just self-identify. The, the federal government already gives uh, tribes a broad latitude to identify their own membership. And so it's really the, the, the blood quantum is purely that bureaucratic BIA, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. A Department of the Interior mm. mechanism for... Uh, distributing entitlements, but and the, and it, but like the Cherokee Nation, they're one of the largest tribes in the country because they were one of the first tribes, if I understand it correctly, that that relaxed their membership standards and uh, said, no, we're not going to do the blood quantum so, thing. So, but then how do you? 
this is what's wrong with labeling everyone everything and portioning goodies out to people according to the color of their hair how tall they are how short they are whatever you know right. we've got the color code going on right now that uh, how, how do you decide who's a native like and and what okay so they've never had anything to do with their culture they're one thirty second cherokee they, they just discovered it via 23 and me how does that qualify them as anything and why would they have lost their culture they've never I, knew so, they had so, their culture so, so the the name the, the name of my friend will remain uh, anonymous you know who you are we've had this conversation okay. before uh, but a friend of mine raised his entire life Yes. As uh, as native. Is not. And uh, his mother uh, didn't know who his father was and decided as a gift, because he'd never, he grew up without a father. He had stepdads and, you know, boyfriends out in and out of the house. And 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 he, she said, you know, would, would you like to, would you like to <laughs> know, know, know your heritage, right? <laughs> and he said, sure, that's sure. great. So she yeah. did the 23andMe thing. He did it. He, he did the swab or whatever it is and sent it in. And lo and behold, they found his dad. Okay. They also found out that instead of being native, he was actually only 6% Alaska native. Mm -hmm. That the dominant genetic uh, heritage that he had was Iberian. So that's like... Uh, Conquistador. Yeah, that's like Spanish, Portuguese, Iberian so, Peninsula. So, yeah. so when, Val, when, when, the, when the explorer Valdez discovered yeah. the Valdez arm, he, he apparently took shore leave. <laughs> a bunch of them. A couple of times. A couple of times. <laughs> couple times. You know, and yeah. um, so it's kind of funny. Yeah. But, but really, you know, as we talk about identity, you know... I, when I worked for the tribe, I worked for Nome Eskimo community, which it was is a whole nether interesting community in and of itself because Nome used to be the largest city in Alaska. It used to be the capital of Alaska. Mm. And um, for those of you who have heard the song North to Alaska by Johnny Horton, you know, that's a song about the, the gold rush. And uh, there's a great, a great uh, movie with uh, John Wayne in it called North to Alaska. And that's the theme song for it. But it's all about that Nome gold rush and the little white mountain a little southeast of Nome. That's actually a place that we visited called White Mountain. It's a village, and it's more than a little southeast. It's mm. uh, it's it's a long plane ride, but uh, it's in the region. and And the point is, is that when the Department of the Interior came to Alaska and decided to categorize people and decide how they were going to bureaucratically support the native population here and provide services and Whatnot. They came to Nome and they saw all these natives and they said, well, this is a tribe. Well, it wasn't a <laughs> tribe. Nome is the most unforgiving coast in western Alaska. It's brutal. And no self-respecting native tribe would, would live there, would live there yeah. because it was so harsh. Mm -hmm. But because there was gold all over the beach, you know, all these, all these miners had settled there. And because they settled there, then there was trade. Yeah. And so all the natives from all the surrounding region came in and started trading. And so the BIA and their infinite wisdom and ignorance decided, oh, well, these are all the same people. But they were, they were Siberian Yupiks. They were Anupiaks. They were, you know, uh, they, were, they were a whole variety of different folks from around the region. And they didn't have... 
And there were King Islanders, um, their own kind of subculture in themselves. Um, and they sort of mashed them all together and said, this is the Nome Eskimo community. <laughs> and they created this, 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 yeah. this tribe. It's a federally recognized tribe that has no roots in yeah. historical roots or foundations mm-hmm. in, in. A so they, they don't even tribe. have culture. Well, they have they have their own distinct culture, which is a hybrid culture of all of the things Uh, that that which was developed. What it was it was developed within the last hundred and that's what I'm saying. Whenever Alaska was bought from the the the, the Russians and our bureaucrats went in and decided to tidy everything up. So you know, as a as a representative for the tribe working with families, I had the opportunity to go to these meetings in Juneau because they were negotiating what were called the tribal state compacts, basically new treaties talking about how the tribes were going to have some self-governance and uh, get some pass-through monies to manage their own social services programs. And, um, and part of those meetings, every meeting started with a cultural sensitive, uh, mm. sensitivity session. And what they would do is they would take a social worker from the state and and that person would stand up and highlight their heritage, their their ancestry and and what they knew about their family. And then somebody from the native community would stand up and all the tribes were on rotation. So every meeting we knew there was another tribe. (laughs) So then it came to Nome Eskimo and guess who got to stand up? You. That was me. Why? (laughs) I was the representative for the tribe. And so rather than talk about a tribe that wasn't really a tribe and um, that didn't really have a, a continuous cultural sort of background that you could point to. Mm-hmm. Um, I took the opportunity to say, you know what? I'm going to look at my genealogy. Well, in Nome, first of all, let's get this straight. There's nothing to do in Nome but drink <laughs> or go to church. Okay. Or go to church and drink, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and muck around in the mud yeah. for gold because they're still doing that. But um, so in the absence of going to church and drinking, I went to church and my wife bought me uh, an Ancestry.com, you know, account. Okay. And uh, then I started, you know, what turned out to be about two years of genealogical research. And I went on to other resources and sites. But the long and short of it was in that time, we added about 3,000 people to our family tree. And I counted all the surnames in that extensive tree, and there are about 165 surnames that I was able to identify in our background. Okay. And so when it came time for me to present, I put a PowerPoint up. Yes. And I talked about the Floyd family, where through oral tradition, where we knew we came from, how we migrated to where, you know, how we ended up in Nome. And uh, then I I put up this slide with all these surnames, and I asked everyone in the audience, the natives and non-natives alike, how many of you see a surname up there that's within your family background? And, and like 85% yeah, of the people yeah. raise their hands. Yeah. And I said, it's likely somewhere along the line, yeah. our people were your people and your people were ours. Yeah. Yeah. Now, maybe, you know, 800 years ago. Yeah. But the point was, was that culture is what you're taught. You know, when, when I was growing up, I was, I was told that we were Welsh. And <laughs> how'd that work out? Well, you find well, you're not. <laughs> Well, I mean, Floyd is a Welsh name. It does come from a region yeah. of Wales. But our people don't have a connection to Wales. There's no record of yeah. that. The, yeah. the furthest back we go is Cornwall, so a Cornish record. And a lot of Welsh miners came to Cornwall to, to mine for tin and things. Mm-hmm. But um, 
But that's as far back as we could go with Floyd. Yeah. Because they weren't criminals, they weren't priests, and they weren't politicians or royalty. Yeah, they weren't And so there was no reason to record them. No. And sometimes people, the other way names get moved is people just move and take a name that they like. Right. Right. No, and they go, gee, that that sounds that or they're given, much better or, pronounced or like than an, mine. Or at, like at Ellis Island, they're just given a new name. Yeah, right. because right. their old name's too hard to say. Yeah, or spell. Yeah, and I think so, you know my. I think my father's uh, father, when he came to Canada, they changed the he he had an Italian name, and they changed the ending of it because it was not a normal northwestern uh, North American ending to a name. Yeah. Because when you go back to Italy, you cannot find my father's last name it's it's Moretto is what ours is and you find Moretti's mm-hmm. you find Moretta's but you don't find Moretto's so I think and, and again that ha- that's what happens yeah. you know so well you so, couldn't have no relation at all to to so, Wales so on my on my father's side his biological mother which we none of us really had a relationship with there was she had hit her head and mm lost her memory and disappeared for years and resurfaced eventually and tried to reconnect. And we did in her last years, you know, uh, make that reconnection. But before she passed, she gave me her family genealogy. Oh, okay. Her last name, her, her maiden name was Bartlett. Okay. And I learned that Bartlett through, and she had a ton of family records, uh, had come from the name De Bartolet. Okay, there, there you go. So De Bartolet yeah, is, is French. French. It's Norman, Norman, uh, and and or not Norman. Uh, I guess it would be yeah, Norman. It was Norman. It was Norman because because uh, Adam De Bartolet was one of the first noblemen to be severely wounded in the Domesday account of William the Conqueror's invasion of England. Okay, and so one of the practices back then was to give those minor noblemen the first crack at land and title. And so pretty much right after they hit Hastings and and the Battle of Hastings and that Domesday um, account of the battle, he was given land not far from there. And uh, But uh, you go back further, and he was descended from a man history only recounts as Bartolet. Mm-hmm. which is the male diminutive ter- uh, uh, version of the n- female name Bertha. Bertha was the favorite sister of the first Holy Roman Emperor, King Charlemagne. And the only reason people remember Bartholet is because he was considered the world's first grand chess master. And he met his end bitterly, defending the king's honor, ironically playing chess against a guy that... Uh, Lost so many games that he decided to kill him <laughs> with his sword, and that started a, about a twenty-year-long civil war. Um, but the point being, you know, I found all of this out. Well, I married my wife. Her name was was a um, was a Huguenot name, and that was De Lance. So when I met her, her her name was Michelle Rene De Lance. It's a beautiful name. Mm-hmm. And I was made fun of her for being French, <laughs> right? But because the oral tradition of my family mm-hmm. was we're Welsh, yeah, yeah. And what's yeah. what's more fun for an Englishman to do than make fun of the Frenchman? Yeah, right. And you vice know. versa. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, um, when we talk about this blood quantum thing, you know, as I as I talked with this room full of native and non-native folks, I said, you know, 
the reality is is that there's more that uni- unifies us than divides us. Yep. If we choose to focus on oral tradition and what we've learned rather than looking at uh, the, the race of mankind, that's where we end up with things like generational racism and institutional racism and, and problems relating to one another as neighbors. And we end up pointing fingers and drawing lines and building camps and all of a sudden we're throwing sticks and stones at each other and struggling over who gets the power. And so um, that was a really, for me, it was a really poignant sort of lesson mm-hmm. about changing our perspective. But they've, they've been accepting it. This is not something, you know, you read the article and... Uh, no one's looking the 30, 50, 75 years down the road. They're, they're saying, well, how do we just encourage our grandparents? I, I find a lot of times we don't talk about big issues. We talk about minutia. And I know minutia is important when you want to elect a school board member, but you know why you elect that school board member comes from a big idea. Like, why should you elect that school board member? Like, what are their causes? What are their ideas? And, uh, you, know, the, you know, this goes along with it. I've got an article here, which sounds like it's dissimilar, but it's not. Again, it's, uh, it's a group that's identified itself as a group. And this is um, the, um, what do they call them? Plus-sized. It's a plus-sized model. Well, she's decided that she's anorexic. Okay. <laughs> okay. And she is really plus sized. And this is not for me. This is from a website. And the actual, the person that did it, her name is Brett Cooper. She's got a, a, a vlog. And um, she, I think, can speak on it because she was an anorexic. And this is why her staff gave it to her to pick it up because they're saying here. And she got quite angry because she said, I suffered, I was anorexic. And I'm looking at this person, and all of a sudden now the thing that I was, that I struggled to overcome, and she was a Russian-trained ballet dancer, which is where, and they're very focused on body image. And so here we have, you know, we go from, you know, see Alaska people trying to decide their blend quantum to this is another marginalized group, you know, she wants to be included in this other group. You know, we're dividing up into groups. We're destroying ourselves as, you know, we're even destroying medical, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, diagnoses. Because how does she get an anorexic unless they change the definition of anorexia? Well, perhaps it was more that she used to be anorexic. No, she never was. Oh, she never was. She never was. No. She she explained it quite well in the um, the article. It, it's, it's a, a blog mm-hmm. blog. And she says, well, I, I used to eat just one meal a day. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and she described a little bit more. And I'm not saying she you know, doesn't have a problem. I'm not saying that's that. Not, that's uh, not working for me. What? I eat one meal a day, typically. No. Maybe, well, maybe I'm anorexic. Well, the, 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 I, and I'm not saying that your friend should not identify as Native, and I'm not saying these Sea Alaska people don't have, but I don't think anyone is looking at where this is going. Right. Where this right. is going is we're going to destroy groups, we're going to destroy communities, we're going to identify people into smaller, smaller groups, then they have to make them larger, because the minute you get too small, you don't have enough power. But see, here's, here's I think, the, here's the, the nexus of the, the issue is, is it's not the self-identification that's bad. It's the attachment of self-identification to special 
uh, benefits yeah, exactly. and contacts. Exactly. At the exclusion of others. At, or yes. at the harm yes. of exactly. others. Exactly. Yeah. At the harm of so, others. So when yeah. we talk about transgender yeah. men who are incarcerated being transferred over to female <laughs> prisons where all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of immaculate conceptions. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, the prison's just full of Virgin Marys. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and no, one's, no one's talking about why does that happen. If he self-identifies that much as a woman, seriously, think of this is the way my brain works. It's just me. Uh, yeah, I'm wrong all the time. But if I wanted to be, if I was a man and I wanted to be a woman, I would not want to use the man body parts. That's, seriously, that's the way my brain, brain thinks. If you're going to go to the trouble of self-identifying as a woman and having all the surgeries and having all that done, why would you want to use male body parts? Inconceivable! Right. And, and that's the part that I get confused about. And there, believe it or not, these men that want to dress like women, th there is a category for them that they've totally denied, and it's men who want to dress as women, but they want to have sex with women. And that's a whole category. That, and it's not a transgender person. Right. They are men that just want to dress like women, but they still want to do all the man stuff. That I is not a transgender. Transvestite? No, I don't think is so. That's just a crossdresser. That's just a crossdresser. This is this is totally a different category. Yeah. It's it's. You sound like you, you know. Katie, okay. you're, you're well, well, Katie did go to an elite college. <laughs> oh so, no! So, Katie, why don't you why don't you tell us about uh, the mighty gooey ducks? Oh my goodness! Well, which I... which you could you could uh, <laughs> supplant the the letter U and and replace it with the letter I oh. for the gooey duck. Yeah, because that's what their mascot mascot looks like. Yes. Yeah. Just imagine a giant, uh, a well, man a or giant razor clam. a man <laughs> or a woman. No, it's not the entire razor clam, jumping, is it? Jumping around, yeah. it's well, the shell and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. With the with the very oh, the, uh, neck okay, okay. Yeah. Sticking out. Yeah, I just but, thought it was like the gooey duck part. But the, but the foot on a gooey duck is usually like twice the length. Yeah, the neck. I, I, I'm actually, the neck is, the the neck is like twice the length. I, I grew up in a part of the world where we have them. Yeah, right. I know what they look right. like. You could actually you could actually kill somebody with a gooey duck if you swung it hard enough. You could feed a large family. With the gooey yeah. That's right. Yeah. If you wanted to eat it, yeah. yeah. Well, apparently but, they're tasty. But at Evergreen, they don't eat them. They sprinkle them with uh, fairy with, dust, with, uh, with glitter, with glitter, glitter, <laughs> and they and they let them jump around the basketball court. Oh, yes. that, that's yeah. so, well, that is so I was, sad. I, and in all, all honesty, it was a great opportunity to be able to play college basketball. That's true. But it was also very. Very distinctly different than how I was raised. So I would have loved to seen like a fisticuff between the mighty gooey duck and the what else and like the tigers or something. Right. Well, and the did it have hands? The fun thing. Well, the mascot did. It was it was human arms sticking out. and legs. Creepy. And then this like suit that fit over them. It had to be a bunch of liberals that came up with that. They have absolutely. They have no imagination. They have no sense of humor. And they just... I think it's incredibly funny. <laughs> I think well, but they don't think it was funny. You see, whoever developed it totally thought it serious. was just absolutely serious. And well, it makes a lot well, of we sense. Wouldn't Perhaps. Want to we, would not, we would not want to disallow or exclude the mollusk from the mighty ranks well, of I think the clams. I think, I think you, you need to look up the Gooey Duck fight song, and then you oh, will no. see that there was quite a bit of humor <laughs> hidden in there. And I think it was more like tongue-in-cheek of, of just kind of trying to 
create an institution and, and take a jab at other institutions it that do find pride in those things. And, you know, Evergreen stepped up and said, well, we can do this too. I mean, I bought a t-shirt there that said Evergreen football undefeated since 1960, whatever, when they opened because they've never had a football team. <laughs> so they are undefeated. They do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there is someone there with a sense of humor. Yes. Yeah. But not anymore though, I don't think. I think they take them enti- well, themselves so, entirely so too seriously. So yesterday. It has to be properly placed humor within their their uh, realm yeah, of, yeah, humor. of, of humor. Katie, yes. Katie told me that, uh, that, that the illustrious uh, uh, Joe Biden was oh that is nasty was in <laughs> they're sharing nasty. They're, they're sharing pictures uh, it was nasty. in was in Seattle yesterday mm. and went to Evergreen no he he went to Green River or Green yeah. River yeah okay which is a school near for Earth Day yeah and and so did he tell him flew five thousand miles did he tell him this win this reelection. Excuse me, we no. can only re-elect Donald Trump. No. No. That was no. not that was not That was bad. another time. <laughs> okay. No. So anyway. Um, so I'm actually trying to find the Gooey Duck song here. So Oh I I <laughs> No. I don't know if you can no, find anybody no. singing it. But the the lyrics are yeah. where the true humor is. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I and I don't know if it's appropriate for the air to read probably these not. Lyrics. Probably not. It, it you know. Do you have them? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and read it's, them. It's go a liberal. And, we're not on the air. Well, well, I feel like I feel like this is something you should read because uh, I I can't okay. get through it. Okay. No. All right. So uh, uh, prepare yourselves. <laughs> go do gooey ducks go. Through the mud and the sand, let's go. Siphon high, squirt it out. <laughs> You might swivel need to stop. all about. <laughs> Let it all hang out. Yeah. Do go, they have a dance or something they do with go, this? Do they have arm we, movements that go with this? Go. They should. I, I was not privy to learning. Stretch your <laughs> necks when the tide is low. <laughs> oh, gosh. Siphon high, squirt it out. Swivel all about. Are you are you gonna let your kids listen to let this? Let it all hang out. <laughs> go, gooey, gooey ducks. ducks. Go, go. Yeah. So there is humor. There is, there it's is, just, but it's yeah. slightly and, obscene. And we wonder why <laughs> Seattle and the Pacific Northwest are so just. I don't wonder. Strange. I have I have no I have no wonder. I have no puzzlement about it. I understand why so, they're like that. So 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 you. You have experience in the Pacific Northwest yourself from from the Canadian side of yeah, the, the border. Yeah, I grew up. Yeah, Vancouver is just the uh, the northern version of Seattle. The kinder version. Mm, they say I'm sorry a lot, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Really mean. That's kind of like bless it, your heart. It's, it's kind of yes. like with the Texans yeah. say bless your heart. Yes. Yeah. Just bless your heart. Yep. It, you know, <laughs> actually, sorry when you say it enough and appropriately it means with. Yeah. You know, kind of like. <laughs> wow there's kind of little wow, things that, you can, was, can do uh, with that that you was know? graphic i'm glad that we didn't have the cameras rolling <laughs> so uh it's it's a really easy way to just say you know get out of my way yeah to end, end if, whatever if, conversation if yeah. if there's enough of you standing around in a in a whatever but they have a sense of humor actually canadians do tend to have a british more british and it's really interesting because it's just a border between mm-hmm. them but the the culture is different. The culture is so, yes. so different. Like they would, um, 
you know, they have like the their dollar coin is called the loony. The two dollar coin is called the toonie. Yeah. Um, they have a uh, in Vancouver has a stadium. I don't know if it was basketball, but they call it the garage because there was some car manufacturer sponsored it. So rather than saying the Toyota Center, they call it the garage. Yeah. Let's go to the garage, you know, and it's yeah. this forty thousand seat stadium or something. Let's yeah. go to the garage. You know, that's nothing wrong with that. Having a sense of humor. So I want to shift gears real quick and talk about uh, state politics. Oh, no. uh, you know, I, I saw in Must Read Alaska that the Republican Party has come out and endorsed a second gubernatorial candidate. You know, uh, months ago they, they came out for Michael J. Dunnothing and uh, gave him their endorsement after he basically urinated on the Constitution. So, but is that the same group or is that a different group? No, this is the same this group. Is, this is they, the Alaska Republican Party. So the state one. Yeah, the state can one. They, can so, they... So they came out and they said uh, in, in Suzanne Downing's article, it says that it yeah, was miss, a close I, vote. Yeah. It was 35 to 31. And it came after a lengthy discussion about strategy and tactics as they relate to ranked choice voting. Yeah. And uh. they endorsed... You guessed it, Charlie Pierce. So, in addition to Dunleavy, so what they're saying is they're going to come up. Are they going to come with four names though? Yeah, yeah. So, no, so no, no. So, 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 as I understand it, yeah, they want they want established. They want to stack the establishment deck yeah. deep enough that yeah. they can take true conservatives yeah. out. out out. Yeah, and and uh, <laughs> I've all I've maintained from the beginning. Charlie Pierce is not a serious candidate. Charlie Pierce is a spoiler. Oh. Charlie Pierce has not shown up at any of the district meetings. Uh, the, the, the Republican district um, uh, conferences that just occurred uh, over the last uh, couple months, he did not show up in Homer, he did not show up in Nikiski, and he did not show up in Kenai. He is the borough mayor, mm -hmm. and he didn't show up to any of those to address constituents. And, uh, you know, so, so the fact that he's, he's running for governor, um, and we've already kind of deconstructed his platform in past episodes, but uh, I just thought it was noteworthy to bring that up, that the, mm. that the establishment is doing a full court press. Um, another, another thing I heard was that, uh, was it Mitch McConnell has just come oh, up with a, another $6 million for Lisa Murkowski? For Lisa Murkowski. Yep. So, you know, um, if you are within the hearing of this podcast and you are remotely conservative and eligible to vote in the state, if we have these people reelected, these woke and broke ideologues who during election years run around and pander to the conservative issues, but as soon as they get to Juneau or D.C., forget all about their constituents and the issues and the promises that they made. If we end up having that bunch of folks in office again, it's your fault. Well, the Anch because, Anchorage because did. if you don't go to your friends and neighbors and the people in your community and, and, and grow a spine mm -hmm. and have courage and make the sacrifice in time, talent, and treasure to mobilize the people within your circle of influence, you're the problem with the state. That may hurt to hear, but uh, each of us has a responsibility. This is not a spectator sport. We don't get to buy tickets and go sit in the stadium and wave our flags once a year and expect 
the home team to win if we don't actively support training the home te- home team and recruiting the best players for the home team. If we just take the the bench that's been there for the last 40, 50 years and just recycle them in and out, then we deserve the rulers that we get. So I've, I've got a question for you because uh, I just recently learned about this ranked voting process. And I'm wondering, when you do go vote, do you have to choose... See, that's your where ranking. The, that's or where can it, you just say, I don't have a second and third choice. I want Joe candidate number one, and that's it. And then perhaps your two and three don't get factored into whatever this magical algorithm is. Doesn't work like that. Doesn't it work doesn't like that. Doesn't work like that. that. And, that's, and there's, there's a there's, lot of misinformation yeah, and people yeah. sowing that yeah. to there's, confuse the process. There's a wonderful, I should, I'll give you the link to it later, but there's a wonderful, because uh, Australia has been dealing with this right, for right. almost 10, 15 years. Well, and it says Ireland and the United Kingdom as well. Yeah. And then Maine is another state yeah. that does this. But the, this, the guy that was explaining this morning, I was watching this little YouTube video, and he um, it's actually a wonderful explanation because he does it with marbles and boxes. Okay. Which is very tactile. Visual, very yes, visual because yes. we're, we're, uh, uh, we don't understand numbers. We're an enumerate society. We do right. not understand numbers. Numbers well, mean nothing to people. Yeah. And what he's saying is he, sh- he showed you using the last election in, in Australia and the numbers how a person who really doesn't get anything, how those, those minor, minor candidates can actually affect the major ones because you get four choices mm-hmm. and, right, it, they throw the bottom one out and then they give those votes to the next one on the list. Okay. Well, if you don't have a second choice on your list, your vote gets thrown away yeah. from the get-go. Yeah. And if you've got four choices... So what if you ranked the person that you wanted to vote for second and third? Like, I want you can't. this person you can't. for all It gets candidates. thrown They'll away. throw your vote away. It gets yeah. thrown away, too. You have to have four individual yeah. names. They have to be in an order. Which, which many have, have argued is a violation yes. of the constitutional idea of one person, one vote. Well, that's really nice, but that's what we're dealing right. with yeah. now. Yeah. So well, and, I, I don't and, want to get into the and, Bob Bird. And then in Alaska, <laughs> in, Alaska, man, in, but, in Alaska, but we also have something like 60,000 people on our voter rolls that don't exist. Well, or don't aren't in the state. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, like, uh, so on top of this ranked choice voting issue. Yeah. We also have our congressional election that's coming up with special election. I think the last count I heard was 48 candidates. 48, yeah. 48 candidates. Laughing to re- stock. To replace, to replace uh, the late yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, representative. Don Young. Don Young. And wow, but, 48. But, and, but, and here's the crazy it, thing is yeah. that it's going to happen, I At heard, at the same time that the primaries occur. No, the first one, okay. The way I understood it is that the first one doesn't, when the first one doesn't to get the four candidates, like the first, because it's ranked choice voting, so you get the first vote, which is like the primary. That's separate by itself, but then the second vote to decide who actually wins is on the primary, the time of the primary. And I think that's the correct. I, I, thought, the, I thought the special election was just a straight up uh, mark one name on your mail-in ballot. It gets sent no. in. That no. person is named, but then simultaneously no. 
the primary happens and the people already approved for the ballot go on to the are there for that 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 next vote and that they are they fall very close to each other yeah the the, the primary for the rest of the candidates and the jung and the primary is and the, the jungle primary yeah and well the primary i thought the primary for uh, don young's um replacement is done at a different time and then the primary for the rest of the candidates is done at the regular time. Right. But then the election for Don Young's replacement is done at the same time as the primary yeah. for the other one. Yeah. 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 And I don't know if it's all totally. Yeah. So if you're not totally confused right now, you know, that's. that's you, can, uh, you can Google it. Because, <laughs> yeah, what, you you're Google gonna, it. because what you're <laughs> going to see is you're going to see. Uh, let's take, um, uh, what's his name, Bagich, Nick Bagich. He, Who was just endorsed by the Republican Party. Okay, but he's going to run for the seat. So he's also running for the replacement. So his name will be on the mail-in ballot first for the replacement. His, and if he wins... He'll be the incumbent well, coming he will, into the well, primaries. <laughs> he will, well, he will be voted on at the... Uh, the jungle primary for the seat. It's just confusing. Yeah. The jungle primary for the, it's very confusing. He will be on both ballots. And it's He'll be on the ballot. And, it, to, and, right, and to, it really is control through confusion. Yeah. And it was done totally to have Lisa Murkowski, because already the uh, Native Women's Group has um, uh, selected her, said that she's their candidate. Mm -hmm. You know, Dan Sullivan, he's, her, he's supporting her. Dan Sullivan... Lisa Murkowski, so... I had the opportunity to work uh, for Lisa Murkowski. Oh, interesting. Summer. Yeah, the summer after my... She's never been the same. I know. Now, was she... Right she was all been that, downhill right, right from after there. that, she was like, I'm moving to Seattle. So was she in the Senate <laughs> at the time? It was actually her first... It was when she filled her father's seat. Okay, he and, appointed her. Yes, yeah. and so um, it was... I was an intern the summer after my senior year, and I got to live in D.C. and do intern stuff and... My interactions with her were very, you know, cordial and whatever, and I was an 18-year-old kid, so it was fast and fun, and my experience with her was not, like, not a bad experience, but that's because I just got to meet her in person and smile and wave, right? When she was so, learning. Yeah, she, was she learning. was learning. She doesn't have accumulated right. her power. Yes. But, you know, what I found, my daughter and I visited uh, with a Republican group, so we got to go behind the scenes. We went to Don, you know, Don Young's office and Dan Sullivan and Lisa Murkowski's office, and it was really interesting because we saw the interns. Mm -hmm. And it, it's interesting how when you're just an ordinary citizen, your perspective changes. Because I remember they in, had interns shepherding us around. And they were always very, they always wanted to know that they had a collegial uh, relationship with people across the aisle. And I'm horrified. Mm -hmm. I'm going, they're your adversaries. Why are you trying to tell me you're friends? Yeah. And they were so pre pleased. Yes, the right honorable delegate from yeah, they, but they well, were I think, next door. And I think, and I think it, collegial is more like a common respect for each other, and 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 not necessarily hey, let's go grab beers after this vote. Uh, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what it's it exactly is. Exactly. That's what exactly it what it is. Okay. I'm they're sorry. They're having beers after the vote, and and that's where the corruption occurs. Yes, that's yeah. where corruption occurs is when you. I'm I'm not saying you. Don't ever want to spend too much time with your enemy because mm -hmm. you, you, these people are elevated on such a plane. Nothing they do is real. Right. We Let, let's talk to, about self-immolation. Who's going to blow themselves up? How, how, how we pour gasoline on ourselves and, and, and 
and basically destroy any uh, possibility for forward movement for our movement. And case in point, you can look uh, last week at, uh, 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 I think it was uh, McCarty. Oh, McCarthy. McCar- no, no, no. At, in Juneau. Um, oh, McCarty. Oh, and, no, no, no. And, okay, um, no. and Ben Carpenter. And, uh, okay, what did uh, they there, do? There were like 50-plus amendments that were offered by David Eastman on the floor. Yeah. And each of them played ping-pong back and forth, moving to table every single amendment that came from Eastman. Uh-huh. And Eastman was putting forward all of these these different amendments that were talking points for conservatives to get the Democrats on the record. Okay. But a lot of them had aspirational language, which um, uh, these folks decided they were going to... They basically did the heavy lifting for the Democrats because they said, we should just get along to the budget. Let's just get along to the budget. Let's not do... Well, this is an election year. Okay. And elections matter. Yeah, they do, but then... If you, uh, if 50, you 50, if, 50 amendments, well, isn't that overkill? Well, it would, What's wrong with five? It would be it, because there were 50 issues. Well, then pick five. The issue is, is that none of those issues were allowed by the Democrat majority to well. be heard or passed through the committees to actually hit the floor. Yeah. And so, so if you cannot get the, the opposition party on the record for their positions, yes. they can say whatever they want to yeah. about what they believe in and what they aspire yeah. to, when in reality, they don't believe in any of that, and they don't aspire to any of that. They're just doing things for the But optics. aren't you just pushing... I, I know nothing, and I, I dislike politics immensely. I can't stand it. And as a matter of fact, within a month or two, I'm going to check out. No, I do. I, once it comes election, I, I can't watch it. I can't deal with it. I, I deal with issues. I deal with ideas. I don't want to know the minutiae well, well, of making remember, the sausage. You, you, you remember what happened with Kathy Giesel and Chuck Kopp and, and all those folks, right? They were yeah, There that, was a referendum yeah, against uh, rhinos, uh, and they were all voted uh, yeah. out. And guess who got voted in? Yeah, and that A was, bunch more. Yeah, and that was the point at which I stopped listening to Alaska politics. And, and we, Very can, we can look at the valley and yeah. we can we can synthesize yeah. this down to even yeah. a smaller level and look at the valley yeah. and look at Palmer's city council. Yeah. They, and the they recall they've out, been running. They, they kicked, kicked out three of those them count, out. council members yeah. out. But and, but Anchorage just reelected everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Anchorage is like the biggest city closest to Alaska. Well, there's only you can I mean see we see it, you, we you see can, it happening here see, on the peninsula. You can see Alaska from Anchorage. Well, but <laughs> What, look what's happening on the peninsula. I mean, you've got the guy from the pharmacy who's running, who's a liberal, uh, Jesse Bjorkman. I mean, these there's nobody that... I don't know. I don't know how you get conservatives Well, like to stand we said, this, this cannot be a spectator sport. No, and we it, have yeah. to stop with the self-immolation. We, yeah. cannot, we cannot, because we don't like the personality of David Eastman, and I, I'm not saying that. I like his personality. He's a mm. fighter. He stands on principle. He is through and through conservative. And he is collegial, but they hate him because he has a legal mind and he understands parliamentary procedure better than anybody else in that building. And he can tie them in knots when they try to do things that are improper, that do not follow the rules. Or manipulative. Yeah, and, yeah. and they want to manipulate things. And so, so um, the other Republicans get tired of him actually doing what he was sent there to do 
and what they also were sent there to do. And for those folks who shut down people like David Eastman, yeah, they they better start looking for another job because there are a lot of angry people. Yeah, because they went there saying that they were going to fight for the PFD. Where is that conversation? Well, they they. It's shut down again. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to deal with it. They're going to. And and what they know. do is is behind the scenes they trade favors for power and position, and to secure the next election for themselves. Yeah, because they've gone and they're they're like the people that we send to uh, Washington. You know, they they start to see the benefits of being there, and even the interns. You know, there were people there, and it was horrifying because you talk to people in the office, and they started out as an intern, and thirty years later. 30 years later, yeah. they're a bureaucrat in the office. And I'm horrified. I'm going, oh, my well, and God. See, and they're the, writing all the legislation. Well, yeah, they're and, writing yeah, all the legislation. And doing the research yeah, and they're, signing the letters. Yeah, and that's, they're, yeah. they're sending little one-line blurbs out to mm-hmm. these, you know, to Dan Sullivan and Lisa Murkowski. And and uh, I, I think that's why they hated President Trump, because he actually, I, I personally feel, just from when he talked, he understood the issues. He had a very, um, you know, a, a, a very raw sense of the way the world works because and, of the businesses and, that he'd been in. And one of my and favorite responses was, whenever he saw that. Oh, is Give me a break. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. if, if people yeah. had courage yeah. to just call it for what it is. But it's not only courage, because I have a letter here, and it's just because I, I kept it, and I'm not going to mention any names, but there's some Sally. infighting. <laughs> well, no, because it's a personal, it's because I'm on this mailing list of, of a group that I used to belong to. And it's, there's infighting in amongst these Republican women's groups on the peninsula. They're fighting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're fighting with each other. And it's over the stupidest thing. It truly, truly is. So rather than sitting in a room, which is where I agree collegiality should come in. You know, that's where we should have it, not amongst our, our elected officials. We should have it amongst the people that are on the lower level. Yeah. Because they're the ones that can bring, you know, you, they're the ones that are going to find voters. But they're, they're, they're arguing over the, 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 the structure of the groups. Yeah. Which is why I stopped going to any of these meetings, because I have a small brain that can not only accept so many words. And after you put too many words in my brain... I go, okay, I have to get out of here. No. And I say to my husband all the time, too many words. Maybe, too maybe, many words. Maybe you're a Chiquita banana, I too. could be a banana. It would <laughs> not bother me. But the fact that we're being run by, and this is what I resent, is we're being run by a people that love words. Well, and I think, I think you have said it as several times, is it's that minutia that just continues to bog down exactly. the actual process of what needs to get done. Exactly. You and know, they, you sh- they enjoy they enjoy the minutia. Yeah, and yeah. why you should have 50 amendments. See, you know, bless his heart. He's a good guy. But 50 Amendments, I get... You have to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bless his heart. Sorry. Right, right. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Bless his heart. But I can see why Ben Carpenter... But then they, too, the failure of them is he should have gotten them in a room, and they should... I I don't understand why this is not happening. We're paying money. What what it represents is a complete failure of the caucus to hold the line. Exactly. To hold the line. Exactly. Holding the line means that you hold the Democrats accountable at every turn, that you get them on the record. And you don't get frustrated and say, well, I'm just going to move along to doing the budget. You know? But that means they they should be sitting more in a room talking. They should be spending more time together, those conservatives. Or coming back to the community and giving the community as much face time as possible to say, look, folks, 
I'm not moving left. I'm not going to move left. I'm going to stand right here. And this is how we do that. And yes, the budget doesn't move forward. But why do we keep giving gifts to the Democrats? Why do we keep making concessions? Why do we keep moving left? We always, always, always... Somehow they have... Always cave. But also, imagine, imagine a world where the center of our government isn't surrounded by one whole party, right? So you go over to the East Coast, primarily liberals you're surrounded by many many left people and liberals and you're you're kind of in this and private property everywhere no national parks yeah they don't understand and so it's and you know it's almost like going to a foreign country you have to learn to speak the language if you're going to get through it and so imagine if our center of government wasn't in a situation or planted into a a area where it is one-sided and they're constantly barraged and surrounded by this other side. So better yet, imagine if President Trump, who came there, he said, I'm not a politician. He had orange hair and a fake tan. And he said stupid things, yeah. which we all say in our private moments. Not one of us has not said anything stupid. What if we would have just given him grace? Yeah. Even conservatives. And I know people that they're so embarrassed by him. They're so embarrassed. Like, I call people stupid. And I had a friend that you, you, that, that doesn't sound good coming out of your mouth. I said, well, it's a good word. Yeah. It describes how I feel about these people. They're stupid. Well, it just sounds really harsh. You shouldn't say it. It doesn't make you look good. I said, I really don't care. So, yeah. so when, I still when think they they're say stupid. that, say, okay, evil works too. No, I don't. Yeah. I, 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 no, evil's another whole... We could talk about evil, but they're not. These are been run by dumb people. For, stupid for, people. For those who don't understand, <laughs> good and evil... Stupid and evil are always stupid at evil. odds. Are odds you here? Know, who, who's stupid? Who's evil? <laughs> he goes for he goes for evil. I go more for stupid. Evil is everywhere. <laughs> and see, I'm the partially awake person. That's like, let's try to understand. Yeah, can we just all get along? Can we try to understand where this person is coming from. Uh, <laughs> you don't want but to go see, down that but, rabbit but hole. See, you no, get away no. with it because you're pretty. <laughs> well, yeah. I get away with it because I, I mean, disengage. If you look I like, if I you turn looked, off the TV. If you look yeah. at like yeah. the rest yeah. of the folks at Evergreen, you know. <laughs> It wouldn't. You wouldn't pull it off so easily. Well, and I didn't. I didn't fit in there, and I never wanted to fit in. But I. I sought to understand people and still try to find connection, and not allow differences to divide. And so I think that's why I was okay there. But at some point, you still have to decide they're stupid, because they. You can only watch a person. You can only watch a train wreck. Yeah. All you so have long. to do is watch the mascot dance around and sing the song. <laughs> exactly. And, and walk through the campus as drum circles are. Oh God! And they're burning sage. They're burning sage. No, no, it's it's called marijuana. Yeah, it's not sage. Marijuana. Yeah, marijuana. Peyote. It's okay. (laughs) Before it was legal. Yeah, before it was legal. Yeah. So, but I, I think I slowly, slowly, my ideas are. I found a lot of information about the bureaucracy. We've had a bureaucracy entrenched. You know, if you've mm-hmm. got someone in an office that's 25, 30 years been working in the background. They're comfortable. They're very comfortable. They know how to manipulate absolutely everything. And you think you got a world filled with them. Well, and you know, and, and they're there doing what it takes to stay there because they it's, like how cozy it is. They're not doing the hard work, which Jason mentioned. They need more face time with their constituents. It's too hard. That's hard to do. Yeah. That's tiring to fly back and forth and truly listen to the people that you represent. It's much easier to just hang out in your office, rubbing elbows with your colleagues, and getting the budget done, right? 
Well, you know, we are we are approaching. I'm trying to get better about this uh, this hour of power and making. <laughs> well, there it you go. An hour, and we are okay. approaching our hour. Well, there hour. is a time change in Seattle. <laughs> right? but, There's an hour but, difference. But, but we have to we we have to first go to one of my favorite fact checkers that that always gets it right. Guess what? If you elect me, I'm not going to have you. Your taxes are going to be raised, not cut. Uh. So with that, uh, thank you for tuning in to the Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. I have hope. I hope you've had a wonderful time as we have. And uh, instead of our traditional warlike cinematic bumper music, <laughs> I think we're just going to fade into the sunset with more of our favorite new song, Chiquita Banana. <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, amigo. I'm Chiquita Banana, and I've come to say Bananas have to ripen in a certain way And when they're flecked with brown and have a golden hue Bananas taste the best and are the best for you You can put them in a salad You can put them in a pie Any way you want to eat them It's impossible to beat them But bananas like the climate of the very, very tropical equator So you should never put bananas in the refrigerator. To have bananas that are fully ripe, you must be absolutely sure. To take them home and let them ripen, but in no temperature. Oh, sure, sure, sure.